Blackjack is a very finite type of game in that you get two face-up cards, the dealer has one face-up, one face-down. So there's a very limited amount of options as to what, how to actually play the hand and the possibilities for how that hand will turn out based on how you play and how much money you bet. So that's actually, I've always loved math and the sort of strictness in some ways, at least of like basic math, not the super complex stuff, but that was very similar. And so there's only one correct play for every possible hand that you get. There's only one correct amount to bet if you're keeping an accurate count. So that's, you know, I played as a player and that's how I played. Break free from modern day slavery. Live the freedom trinity of financial freedom. Time freedom and location freedom. Live in true fulfillment with a foundation of growth and balance in health. Relationships. Spirituality. And having fun doing what you love most. Let us show you the way. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. Today, my friends, I am very excited to be sharing with you a discussion about financial freedom, and it goes way beyond that. And today, joining us having this conversation is Mr. Chris Hanna. Chris, uh, in less than 24 hours after graduating college, began counting cards as a professional blackjack player with a new degree in finance and economics and internships at a multi multi-billion dollar hedge fund, Chris was offered a job on Wall Street, but turned it down for more adventurous prospects. Two years later, Chris worked five simultaneous jobs to continue pursuing his dreams as an entrepreneur, train Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and avoid a regular job at all costs. Eventually, mental and physical exhaustion forced him to reevaluate everything he thought he knew about money and personal finance. And in time, Chris learned to master his own money, and he began working with UFC fighters to help them do the same. Today, he brings all his experiences to financial coaching, where he helps people master their money to create financial freedom. Chris, welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, brother. Hey, Bryce. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate the intro. Of course, man. So place I always like to start is what's given you the most uh, gratitude today, brother? Uh, wow. Probably my health. I had, uh, for the first time in a long time, had to go to the emergency room for just, I think it's probably the, the only time I've ever had to go for myself and never have really needed to see a doctor apart from just annual checkups. So um, you know, it wasn't anything too crazy, but I am healthy now. And that's certainly what I'm most you know, gracious for at the moment. Awesome. Well, good for you, brother. So let's wind back the clock and go back to childhood. What was your childhood like for you? And how did that affect uh, the, you know, what you're up to today? For all intents and purposes, I had a great childhood. You know, I had uh, uh, parents stayed together, had a middle-class sort of upbringing and you know, never went to bed hungry, that sort of thing. But I, when I am being honest with myself and I look back at it, I'm, I just hated school. And, and the fact that that is, you know, what takes up the majority of your day as a child. Uh, I, I enjoyed it certainly. And, and I'm, 
appreciate that I had the upbringing that I did, but no, I, I hated school. And that is a big sort of, you know, just uh, something that I, I don't love to think about when I, I think about my childhood and growing up. Okay. And so then how did that actually affect you moving forwards? I think that caused, I think that was the catalyst for almost every decision, certainly right after college. But I, the moment that I had the opportunity to not continue on the sort of traditional path, I took it. And that started leading up to graduating college. So just about, just before the second semester of my final year of college, when everyone's thinking about what they want to do after school, I was considering this job opportunity, not just this one on Wall Street, but others. I, I had, you know, opportunities to work traditional jobs, but I just for the life of me didn't want to do that and realized that I had started studying blackjack and more specifically counting cards and how to actually win money playing at it. And I had had a background, a very minor background in statistics. I'd just taken a handful of classes starting in high school, also some in college. And so statistically, I understood that if I played enough hands and bet the way that I'm supposed to be betting and played the way I'm supposed to be playing, that even if I wasn't where I wanted to be in a certain period of time, I would still be making money. Like after a certain point, without getting too technical, like a couple of standard deviations down from where I might expect to be would still be in the positive. So that really opened the floodgates for me to start exploring blackjack. And then from there continued to, I don't think I've had a traditional job since I've graduated seven or eight years ago now. Beautiful. That's awesome. So you started counting cards, like just out of passion, or is that like something you're already into? I had always had a deck of cards just on my person because I enjoyed magic tricks and David Blaine and all that. So I was already just had it on me. And when I saw the movie 21 back in 2008 is the movie about the, it was loosely based on the MIT blackjack team from back in the eighties mm -hmm. uh, and how they counted cards. And so I saw that when I was maybe 13 or 14 years old, by the time I turned 21, I was able to gamble and uh, you know, legally, of course. And that's what really got me into thinking that it might be a real option to, to make some real money and have some fun doing it in a completely unorthodox way. And then what were you actually doing? Like, were you a dealer? Were you betting? Like what, what positions did you have as a black blackjack player? So blackjack is a game where you just walk in and it's you against the dealer. So there's other seats at the blackjack table, but everyone is playing against the dealer, your hand against the dealers. And if you Blackjack is a very finite type of game in that you get two face-up cards, the dealer has one face up, one face down. So there's a very limited amount of options as to what, how to actually play the hand and the possibilities for how that hand will turn out based on how you play and how much money you bet. So that's actually, I've always loved math and the sort of strictness in some ways, at least of like basic math, not the super complex stuff, but that was very similar. And so there's only one correct play for every possible hand that you get. And there's only one correct amount to bet if you're keeping an accurate count. So that's, you know, I played as a player and that's how I played. And so, I mean, I don't know, I'm not like a card player or gambler or anything like that. So I really don't know tons about um, the whole process, but isn't card counting like, isn't that a no-no? Yes and no. It's it's a it's not illegal, but casinos don't have to allow you to play if they catch you, and they're allowed to ask you not to play or to actually leave the casino entirely. And so the yeah, you you can't just openly 
stare at every car that comes out and be obnoxious about how you're changing your bets. It, you do have to do it covertly. And that's one of the main reasons that as I was getting started, this is again, uh, just prior to my final semester of college, I reached out to my college roommate who was also very much a numbers guy and wanted similar things. And I reached out to him asking if he wanted to do it with me, knowing that if we played as a team, it was much, we were much more likely to, to fly under the radar because at any given point, if we're playing together, one of us can uh, keep our eyes on the cards while the other person looks away. That's something that a casino will look for if they notice your betting pattern is changing consistent with what a card counter, how a card counter might change their bet. But uh, the second thing they might look for is, are, are they ever looking away from the table? Because if someone's talking to the, the, the you know, waitress behind them or you know, looking up at the TV and not seeing every card that comes out, well, regardless of how their bets are being made, they don't look like they're counting cards. You have to see every single card that comes out. So that and um, our ability to, so he might, let's say, keep track of the cards as I'm looking away, pass me the count, then I'll keep track of it as he looks away. And so we can kind of fool the, the casino in that way. That was one of the reasons that, yeah, it's, it's not illegal, but there are ways to sort of get around being caught. And so are you doing all of your games live or can you use these same strategies online? You know, it's all live. I actually never even considered, I never had even looked into online blackjack until within the past like several months when, as I've started just putting out more, uh, talking more about it on TikTok, people had all these questions and they started asking about online blackjack. But prior to them asking, I never even looked into it because I just knew intuitively that casinos are these multi-billion dollar corporations. They're not going to just allow anyone to sit behind a computer screen, count cards and beat the system. So uh, you know, when I looked into it, I realized that, okay, they structure the game in such a way that the rules don't allow you to make any significant amount of almost no there's really no way to do it online is the simple way to say it no okay so it's an in-person thing yeah nice and and it obviously was proving to work for you it was reliable and consistent and is that how you created financial freedom or is did was that like a catalyst that led you to something else yeah that was definitely a catalyst it was enough for me to just get started in life and uh really what had happened was the the money was so wild. The fluctuations were so wild. Um, it's almost like if you were trying to live off your stock market portfolio with, you know, uh, 25 or 50 grand in a portfolio, like it's just not enough to, A, it's not enough to consistently draw from. And B, if that's your main source of income and you don't have enough, it's like those fluctuations are just going to kill you when, you know, for example, right now the market's down this year to be pulling from that, uh, you know, during that time, it, it's just, it's not a, a recipe for success. So it wasn't until I started taking more gig jobs, eventually um, took a, a contract role with a financial literacy organization, worked there for some time and uh, started my own business. And that's sort of the path that I've taken to get where I am today. Okay. And what is your business? What is it that you're up to? Now I'm a financial coach. So I help, um, I started helping UFC fighters manage their money and, but I've now expanded to, you know, almost anyone that wants help managing, uh, you know, managing their money, creating a, a budget that actually works and that they can stick to, um, you know, I'll, I'll give investing, I won't manage or invest money for people, but, uh, I'm a coach in that fashion. So helping them do that for themselves. Okay. And then what can somebody expect if they're coming to you for coaching? What would their experience be like? 
Well, some of the biggest reasons that uh, someone might come to me is because they don't know what to do with their money or they have no idea where their money's going. Oftentimes there's a lot of frustration, uh, frustration or anxiety around money. Um, you might, you know, look at your bank account one day and then three days later, it's, you know, $200 less unbeknownst to you because you've got, you know, all of your money coming out of the same account and uh, just can feel like a mess. And so I help people clean that up, make confident decisions about what to do with their money, how to keep track of it in an efficient and organized way, uh, how to invest confidently. And, uh, and those are probably the, the few main reasons that people come to me and what I help them with. And what kind of investments uh, are you excited about that you're actually steering people towards? I highly recommend, it, it depends on someone's, sort. so, so let's say uh, two, two different scenarios. In one scenario, someone is making great money doing work that they enjoy, and they've got plenty of extra to, to the point where investing in something as simple as an S&P 500 uh, ETF or mutual fund would be significant. Something that would be an insignificant amount is if you only have like a thousand bucks. Well, I'm not. My first recommendation is not to you know just throw it into the stock market. You're not going to make any significant amount of money if you only got a thousand or five thousand dollars to start investing with. But the other scenario is when someone is maybe they're making great money or, um, or or perhaps not, but you're really just not happy with where you are in life. And at that point, even if you have some extra money to invest, uh, I'm a much bigger believer in just investing in yourself, acquiring better skills, learning faster, hiring experts and coaches to get where you're trying to go to a place where you are much more satisfied with your life, rather than just kind of putting that off until you're 60, hoping that one day you're going to find that. Now use your money. It's a powerful tool. Use it to actively create the life that you want. Beautiful. Okay. What kind of investments have got you excited over the next 12 months? Anything that can help you acquire more skills, and that's it, it. It of course depends on who's listening, but um, you know, if that could be as cheap as a book, you know, I've I've had books both for me and other people that have changed our lives. Uh, it could be a course that's sort of like the next level if you know more specifically what skill you're trying to acquire, um, and if you know what you want with a lot of clarity, and you can afford to hire someone to teach you how to get there not just teach you the skills and what you need to know, but what not to waste your time on. I mean, having someone guide you and teach you is a mentor or a coach or an expert is the fastest way to help you get where you're trying to go. So uh, whether it's 12 months or, you know, five years, or that's, that, that's what I'm focused on. And um, yeah, that's what I'm focused on. Beautiful. Yeah. We just hosted a financial freedom mastery course over the weekend and we had like tons of breakthroughs. And what I see, the main reason why people actually don't achieve financial freedom or don't even get started is because they don't believe it's even possible for them. They think, oh, that's only possible for people with money or people with experience. And really, that's not the case at all. Actually, anybody listening to this podcast, anybody in America, for that fact, could achieve financial freedom. I achieved it when I had a negative net worth, $2,000 in the bank and unseasoned credit. Um, and I did it over a two and a half year period. Now it's probably quicker than a lot of other people, but I think anybody listening to this could, could very reasonably achieve financial freedom in 10 years or less if they're ready to take some action. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And that is, is funny. So in, um, I was just telling you, Bryce, that I just finished building out the sort of uh, first sort of full draft of my course. And in just after the welcome video, the first video talks about financial freedom, what it is, how to define it for yourself. 
Uh, and I talk about these two sort of secrets to, to being self-motivated, or at least that's how I think about it. And the first one is you do have to believe that it's possible and, and that you have the ability to achieve it for yourself. It's within your realm of control. Um, so I, you know, that, that's one aspect of it that I'm 100% with you on. And the other thing is that, yeah, if you are, if you set your mind to something and you really focus on it with almost anything that you're trying to achieve in life, 10 years is an extraordinary amount of time for one specific focus to work at it on a consistent basis. Yeah. I, I think that uh, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Awesome. So obviously you've had a few challenges on the way in all of your endeavors. Do you want to talk about some of the biggest challenges you've faced and how you overcame them? Sure. Yeah. Um, there was one in particular, which was, almost my underlying beliefs that I was making decisions based on. So for a long time, I believed that if I did what I loved, the money was going to follow. And that just wasn't the case. And that led me to uh, experience a lot of things that probably, you know, are, are a bit more uncommon, like the blackjack stuff. But I pursued Brazilian jiu-jitsu as this grappling martial art and mixed martial arts. And I made that a top priority for about two years and trained under one of the best grapplers in the world. He's a UFC fighter now uh, and, you know, made it to his training every night for you know, four nights a week. I, I just, it was my number one top priority. And it got to the point where my, just everything else, my health, my finances, everything else was just sort of secondary and, and um, you know, it, I wasn't giving it the attention that it needed. And it ultimately, I just had to reevaluate how I was making those decisions. I'm like, look, money is the way I view it now. It's, it's like anything else. If you want more money, you need to focus on getting more money. I mean, yes, you can provide value and focus on that and money will come as a byproduct of doing that. But, you know, if I want to, uh, I don't know, if I want to build desks, I'm not going to go drive a car thinking that somehow I'm going to, you know, pop and learn how to build a desk that way. It maybe not the best example, but um, certainly one of the things that I had to learn and adjust was, um, how I made decisions. And that was one of the biggest frameworks that I had to adjust. And how do you make decisions now? Now, uh, it's interesting. I, I came across a book called the path of least resistance by Robert Fritz. I think it was, uh, you're nodding. Have you heard of it, Bryce? No, I'm, I'm, I'm following oh. along there. Okay. Well, um, essentially he says that, you ought to practice asking yourself what you want and ask yourself what you want, not based on your current circumstances or what you believe is possible or what problems you're facing, but what you want, you know, independent of all that. And so, and, and that takes practice. You know, it's, it's not enough to just sit here and because oftentimes we're not sure what's sort of affecting our judgment, but that's what I've been using more and more often now is, you know, if there's a, sort of path that I have to choose between, or if I feel sort of stuck, I sit, get sort of quiet and ask myself, well, what is it that I really want? And that is the new framework that I've been using to make decisions. Beautiful, man. Yeah, I actually, um, I started listening to my gut and around about after 2015, when I realized that, and cause like the gut is how I actually make decisions. Usually mm. as entrepreneurs, there's two of us, like two different ways we'll make decisions either intellectually or without instinct. I'm one of the instinct 
people. But in the beginning, I was ignoring that. And I was looking at all the data. And I'm like, yeah, this seems like an attractive decision. Uh, but there was a decision for me to join up to a $36,000 mentorship program that I was sold on what the outcome could be. Although I instinctively didn't believe that they would have the capacity to take me on that path. Um, but then I ignored that. My wife did the same thing. We were actually, and we never spoke about it. We hmm. signed up, we did it, $36,000. Um, and it was a complete waste of money and it was a complete oh. failure from that perspective. But then, you know, it was a $36,000 le learning lesson for us, which was really awesome and stuck with us. And so since then, when we get that feeling, we just check in with each other and we just go, yeah. I got that gut feeling. This is either good or not good. And that might not be the final decision, but it'll be something for us to like take a deeper dive and look into. Yeah. So that decision that you made uh, in your gut, it sort of felt wrong. But as you looked at, um, you know, what was it? Was it just great copy or, you know, what, what was it that they, you know, it was really... actually the, the, just the dream, you know, that yeah. if you do, if you do everything in the course as prescribed, as we say, then you'll mm -hmm. have X outcome. And, you know, like we wanted that outcome. We wanted yeah. that end goal. Yeah, it's interesting uh, with the, the course space. Um, I think that too often, and, and I've started to realize this for myself, one course usually just isn't it. You know, if you're trying to get somewhere new in life, it's, Unfortunately, uh, people can be a little misleading with their marketing, but I think that like if you wanted to go get a degree, a formal degree, you're not going to take one course, you're going to take, well, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 or whatever it is. And um, uh, so, yeah, I'm a little more hesitant now to uh, myself because I've spent thousands on you know similar types of stuff. Some of, some of it has been great, but other times it hasn't. And one of the things that I've had to again, sort of adjust or pivot is my expectation for it as, you know, as opposed to a full, a full solution. It might just be part, you know? Yeah, dude. Um, Self-development is my number one value. So I'm just out there like consistently learning. I also teach as well, which is part of the learning process. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm committed to it, dude. So, you know, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on self-education and Wow, Every, all these courses stack on and we get that exponential growth from the compound effect of it all. And it's, a, it's something I'm never going to stop doing. I don't think yeah. I'll ever stop like learning and trying to find out the next hacks and, and improve myself. I'd be kidding if, there were, if I was saying there wasn't any more room for improvement. Yeah, and it, it, certainly, right? It's the fastest way if you're strategic about it and you're not just throwing your money with, you know, this way and that, it's the fastest way to get where you're trying to go. Uh, and particularly, you know, if you, I, I don't know if you want to share, but if you think back to some of the money that you've invested, um, you know, is, was it better spent, let's say in the stock market growing at 10% a year or better spent investing in yourself? Well, I've got most of my investments are in real estate and I've done real estate, exceptionally, right. exceptionally well with my investments. So um, I don't know if there's a, and I don't, if it's like one or the other for that answer, I would say both. I'd be simultaneously investing my money plus simultaneously investing in myself. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and then obviously you got some USC fighters that you're working with right now. Was that through your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? It wasn't directly through the gym that I was training at. And actually I stopped training at that gym um, uh, two or three years uh, before I started my business, but I certainly understood 
that was where my idea came from. A, because I'd just been a fan of the UFC since I was, I don't know how young. And I just understood the fact that these fighters were getting paid maybe just two or three times a year and having to live on that. And oftentimes the amount that they were getting paid was wildly inconsistent because uh, fighters are on a show win uh, sort of pay structure and that you know maybe they get $50,000 just to show up and fight and get in that cage. But if they win, they get another $50,000. And if they perform really well and get the knockout of the night or the submission of the night, they'll get another fifty or $75,000. And so to sort of um, manage that between what you have to pay in taxes and to coaches and to managers and all this stuff, um, you know, or, or, or maybe you're expecting all that in a couple of weeks and then, you know, the fighter you know, gets popped for steroids or misses weight and the fight doesn't happen. It's just a wild, uh, I was aware of these general facts. And uh, again, as I started to be very strategic and learn how to manage my money successfully, I said, well, that's a great group of people to start working with. And so uh, that's how I got started with them. Yeah. And that's cool, man. It's like in back in the day, I don't know if it's happening so much now because there's people like you that are helping these guys out. But back in the day, sports players used to just really get the raw end of the stick on how they were managing their money. They get approached by a whole bunch of people and then their money's gone. But um, it seems like there's a, a little bit more consciousness in that space now for sports players to be coming into the game knowing, hey, I got to be wise about my money moving into this. <laughs> Yeah. And, and a typical financial advisor is not enough. I mean, I didn't even know what the difference was between what a financial advisor and a financial planner, maybe a financial coach was, but uh, oftentimes they're just approached by financial advisors who say, well, um, give me your money and I'll invest it. And that's really where the, that's really where the relationship starts and ends. Of course, the great ones are doing more education along the way and helping them make great decisions before they sort of take money and start investing it. But yeah, even on that side of things, um, like even back then, even if you had someone, it probably wasn't everything that you needed. And certainly today, uh, yeah, more and more people are starting to realize that they need more help sooner in their career. Yeah. And as you know, the financial um, advisor space too, you know, a lot of people that go to that space, they're looking for someone that they can trust. And oftentimes that person that's helping them doesn't even have a high net worth. They're not even financially free themselves. So it's kind of like, don't get a fat fitness instructor. Don't get a broke financial advisor. The other thing is, is on the back end, a lot of them seem to have like products that in my opinion, they're not safe at all, uh, but they consider, Hey, here's option one, which is low risk. Here's option two, which is medium risk. And here's option three, which is high risk. And so a lot of people just go with that because they're trusting their financial advisor and they'd say, well, I'm a low risk person. So I'll go with the low risk option, but the low, high and medium risk are actually in relationship to each other. And they're not even taking into consideration all of the other products that are outside of that, that that advisor actually doesn't have access to. And um, I hear all the time, uh, you know, we actually spoke about this in our financial freedom course over the weekend saying that, hey, if you do get a financial advisor, check in on what their net worth is. And so many students come back and they're like, oh, wow, these guys are getting paid like $100,000 a year. And we didn't even, we didn't even know, you know? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, are you getting other sports players coming in from UFC and they're like telling other people in the, in the UFC and other sports players or who's your clientele base made up of these days? 
Yeah, I've had um, UFC fighter referrals from other UFC fighters. I haven't started working too broadly with other athletes, although um, I would be happy to. I mean, if I sit down with anyone, I can sort of help them be strategic with their money. But it is helpful just sticking to um, it's it's a bit involved that niche and and I could sit down and learn how let's say NFL contracts work and and um, you know what their general income and expenses are and, and, all, and it's just a separate sort of space that I'd be willing to do but um, haven't really explored it or reached out to people on my own. So in addition to fighters, I have just started putting myself out there more for um, everyday folks and so it's you know I work with uh, regular employees and um, people that are you know, trying to content creators and um, shoot anyone that's trying to create a better life for themselves and use their money strategically to get there. Beautiful. And I know you've been working hard to put this new course together. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, sure. It's everything that I felt like I had been repeating myself, you know, saying over and over and over again with every new client. And, um, and the other thing was that I always, from the moment that I started realizing that uh, in the personal finance space, there's a lot of great books and resources, but what's lacking is some very practical, actionable steps. Uh, you know, so you might read something like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is a great uh, mindset shift that it gives you, but you, you know, finish the book feeling like, okay, well, practically speaking, what can I do? And um, same with, uh, let's say, Dave Ramsey's um, The Total Money Makeover. Like I had, I read that years ago and I felt like, okay, okay, but uh, still not quite, something felt like not right. I, I still didn't have a clear understanding of how to sort of see all my finances in one easy to understand way, how to decide what to do with my money and keep track of it, again, efficiently, not having to track my expenses. And so that's what I've based my course around. It's the, I, I truly believe it's the most actionable course available, actionable resource, forget course, resource available to decide what to do with your money, um, keep track of it in an efficient and organized way and uh, manage and invest it to achieve whatever goal that is that you want to achieve. Beautiful. And how can our listeners get a hand on that course? They can, right now I've actually only released it sort of pre-launch to my uh, community. It's called the Wake Up Freely community. So you can go to wakeupfreely.com and um, you can sort of join us there, uh, but I'll be launching it probably to the general public uh, within the next month or two. Okay, beautiful. And how else can our Freedom Hackers keep the conversation going with you? You can head over to Instagram or TikTok. Um, I am just at this point sharing a mix of blackjack and card counting and personal finance and investing videos. Uh, try not to niche down too hard in one subject, just have some fun and put some, some fun stuff out there. Nice. And are you, you're still playing blackjack? I take it. Uh, not seriously. You know, I might play every great now and then, but there, no, there, there are better ways for me to be using my money at this point in time and my time. And yeah, my money and time. Beautiful. Awesome. Any final thoughts? I, I love what you're doing, Bryce. Uh, I love the, the nature of your podcast. Uh, we got to talk a little bit before the show um, about just how it seemed like you lived you know, 20 different lives before you sort of started doing this stuff. And uh, yeah, no, I just, I admire what you're doing and I appreciate you having me on. Thanks brother. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story and you get a very unique spin on that. So for all of our freedom hackers, if you want to follow up and find out more about 
Chris's course, just make sure that you click on the show notes below. And until next week, I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. So live large, live free. G'day, this is Bryce Robertson. I'm your host here at Freedom Hack Radio, and I truly, truly hope that you got a ton of value out of the episode that we just shared with you. And if you did, make sure to subscribe on your YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite podcasting platform. Hit the notification button so you can find out about the next episodes as they come out. Because if you haven't achieved financial time and location freedom, you really need to be dialed in here. So make sure to subscribe and follow us along as you grow on your path to financial time and location freedom here at freedom hack radio